All right, so when you look at the South, where Alabama's the number one seed, just talked about Arizona, where they're the number two seed. Look at the East, Purdue. You're obviously really familiar with Purdue as uh, as an Indiana grad. Um, so that that's a rival, and that's obviously um, the number one seed in the East. And um, let's see, who's the – oh, and Marquette. Marquette's the number two seed over there. Then the Midwest division, you've got Houston – and Texas as your top seeds. And in the West, we mentioned earlier, Kansas. And this one is actually kind of interesting because you've got Kansas, UCLA, and Gonzaga. Um, and I don't know if you would consider Gonzaga a blue blood at this point. You know, they've forever been, you know, they were Cinderella's forever. And now now they feel like a blue blood because uh, of their consistency over the last however many years it's been. But, but out of those... Uh, out of those roads, who do you think has the the toughest road to a championship? Uh, Purdue, and I, I don't think Purdue will get past the first weekend. Uh, I just I, I don't think it's a great team. Uh, I know that they won the Big Ten regular season, they won the Big Ten tournament, but the guards I don't think are good enough. And it, let, let's assume I, I think it'll be Memphis. I mean, we've seen Memphis now uh, quite a bit, and Memphis yeah. is really good. It's playing yeah. really good towards the end of the year. Um, they just uh, again the American isn't very good, but they they played with U of H at Fertitta Center and that was without Kendrick Davis. They almost had them beat at Memphis uh, last week and then they finally beat them on Sunday without Marcus Sasser and they dominated that game without Sasser. So um, they're they're really good. They're playing really well. And Purdue, the thing that worries me about Purdue again, the guards I don't think are very good. I, I think the guards are much worse than they were last year, especially no Jaden Ivy. The guards are young. They rely so much on Zach Eady, and Eady's a unanimous All-American, and I think he's there's a good chance that he winds up as the uh, the player of the year. But he is very good at avoiding foul trouble, and I think that's been one of the more remarkable things about him this year because he's so big. Normally guys like that just are always in foul trouble, but he's not getting in foul trouble in the Big Ten because Big Ten referees know him, and they know exactly who he is. They know what he does. They know how he plays, but now – you're going into the NCAA tournament and you might be getting officials from the PAC 12 or the SEC that have never seen you before. And so that's a little bit of a wild card. And if you get the wrong official on the wrong day, all of a sudden you're, you, you pick up a bunch of fouls early in the game and maybe you only play 15 minutes. And if Edie is not playing 30 minutes or 25 minutes, you know, however many minutes uh, it's going to be really tough for Purdue to score because He's their presence inside. He gets them rebounds. He gets them easy points that way. He's a really good, he's turned into a really good free throw shooter. But Memphis is big enough to have the size to deal with them. Uh, they don't really rely on their bigs to score. So they can just throw a bunch of fouls at Edie. And then they can let DeAndre Williams and Kendrick Davis and Lomax take care of the offense. So I really think that Purdue, ha I think Purdue loses the first weekend, especially if it's Memphis. And you look at the East, I'm telling you, the top of the East bracket is set up for Duke. Because Tennessee is hurt. That's a very weak number four seed. Duke is playing really well. So I think you might see Duke uh, get out of the East. I think that's probably the one, like, you know, the, the, the team that's not seeded within the top four in any of these regions. I think Duke is the one that's most live to, to go on a deep run here. Yeah, I'm looking at it and thinking that, that you know, if, if that upset were to happen, you know, if Memphis meets Purdue and beats Purdue, then you're talking about, you know, and then and if Duke makes makes it on its on its side, right, uh, to the Sweet mm -hmm. Sixteen, like that is an interesting matchup to me. And then then now I'm on upset alert for Memphis, 
you know, and I think I like Duke in that matchup. But depending on how those games go and how those teams look leading up to that, if, and again, this is a, an extreme hypothetical here. We're looking, talking about a couple of games in advance. But if we get there and depending on how things look, I think that's one that can get really interesting between, you know, how how's Memphis looking up against a against a blue blood like Duke, you know, obviously in his first year without Mike Krzyzewski. Yeah, and the bottom of the East is wide open also. Uh, I still don't totally buy Marquette. I know they've, they've had a really good year in the Big East. I don't totally buy them. I'm not a big believer in Kansas State. I just I've seen too many games with them where they just didn't look very good. Uh, the sixth seed is Kentucky. Kentucky has been very up and down this year. And then you go look at the 7-10, Michigan State and USC. Michigan State has been underwhelming most of the season. I just saw USC in person on Friday. They did not – or it was Thursday – uh, they did not look very good uh, against Arizona State in that game. I know Drew Peterson didn't shoot the ball well in that game, but it, it's a very that to me the East is wide open. But I, I think it's setting up for a Marquette Duke Elite Eight. 